Hello, friend. Welcome to the Happy Family Club. We're delighted to have you join us. Our mission is to help you have a happier, stronger family. We do that by bringing you the world's greatest experts in family, marriage, parenting, and relationships. We interview them to discover their secrets, their strategies, their techniques, and bring them to you so that you can cherry pick exactly what you need right now to have more success and more joy in your family. And if you enjoyed this interview, we encourage you to share it with your friends and your family and come on to the happyfamilyclub.com and see if you can find more information that's going to help you and your family be happier. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the interview. Hey, welcome everybody. We are so excited to have you here at the Happy Family Club podcast. And today's guest is somebody who I am really, I've been waiting so long. <laughs> she was on maternity leave and she's really busy and booked out and she's awesome. But um, our guest today helped me personally at a very critical time about, it's been, has it been two years ago, a year ago that we did one-on-one -on -one coaching? Yeah, it was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's been a couple yeah. years now. And uh and it was really powerful. And so I've been anxiously awaiting the time to be able to interview Elizabeth and have mm -hmm. her share all of her amazing stuff with you guys. So we're just delighted to have you here. And, and um, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. She's got with three books. I could not find my other copy of the third one, but and, and um, but these two books are here. We'll talk a little bit more about them. But and her name is Elizabeth oh, yeah. Grace Saunders. Elizabeth Grace Saunders. <laughs> yeah, so I, sure I, I, know who you getting, are. Getting <laughs> excited. Yeah, getting excited. So Elizabeth, thank you for your time today. I know you're a new mom. You're incredibly business successful entrepreneur and time management coach and life coach and just you do so many great things. So thank you for taking time with us today. We really appreciate it. It's my delight. I am so happy to be here. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and we could talk about all kinds of accolades, but I, I, there's, there's one quote on the back of the book here that I thought was so awesome. And so she says from the very phrase time management, you know, this book is something special, direct, powerful, easy to implement. Elizabeth has a key ingredient to your uh, success right here. That's from Chris Brogan. And then there's a bunch of other cool quotes, but this is one of my favorite books. So divine time management, like oh, thank heavens that someone <laughs> has taken you know, the, the principles that the Lord teaches us and put it into a system to better our life. And that's you, Elizabeth. So thank yeah. you well, so thank much. You. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm learning right along with everyone else and it's a I joy know. to share what I'm learning. So yeah. absolutely. So um, I, I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our experts, and that is about, you know, what makes for a happier family? What's a key principle there? And we'll talk about some specifics, but I really want to dig in a little bit to your background because- yeah. Um, you know, I think that if I remember right on your bio, on your uh, website, you talk about being sort of an accidental entrepreneur. I was like, yeah. well, this sort of came about and you got a cool story about how it happened. So can you share that backstory with us real yeah, quick? Absolutely. Yeah. I would be delighted to. So I actually never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I was not someone who thought that that was in my future. I actually loved the corporate world. I thought cubicles were great. Um, <laughs> I was all about just like, do, 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 like straight line do the corporate thing and all of that. But what happened is that I'm a person of faith and God had other plans and he knew what would actually be good for me, even though I thought I knew what was good for myself. And I had kind of a divine setup that at first didn't seem good, but led me on the journey. And that was, I got my first corporate job actually before I even graduated from college. So February of my senior year of college. And then six weeks later, I got laid off. And oh it was like, a huge 
wake up call. It was like, what? I have a severance package before I even have a college diploma? And it all worked out. And the company that laid me off hired me back five months later and all of that. But it really shifted something in my brain from feeling Mm -hmm. like, oh, being in the corporate world is secure and and stable and all of that to be like, I don't know about this. And I don't know how loyal I'm going to be to any, any one company. And so then fast forward about a year after that, I got hired back by that company, was just in a position that wasn't a good fit. Had always gotten along really well with bosses and had, you know, been voted teacher's pet in high school. So I mean, clearly I'm someone that doesn't typically have problems with authority. And my boss and I just were not a good fit at all. And I prayed about it and just felt like God was telling me to apply to new jobs, but then resign on my one year anniversary, regardless of whether I had a new job. And (laughs) since I was very security conscious, I really liked the apply for new jobs part. I hated the resign on your one year anniversary part. (laughs) Uh, But I am a person, again, of faith. And I really believe that when you follow God, it's no risk at all. And so I did as he said, and I had seven interviews set up within two weeks. And I was like, great, I'm great at interviews. Everything will, will go wonderful. And but what ended up happening, I did the seven interviews, I resigned, and I got none of the jobs I interviewed for. And no I was like, uh, God, hey, 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 like, that's not how this is supposed to work. I took a right. step of faith. Like, I gave you yours, you give me mine. Yeah. And what he did is he tricked me into being an entrepreneur. So I was in the magazine journalism industry at the time and just had a bunch of contacts in that world. And they said, Elizabeth, you know, you don't have a job right now. Would you like to take on this freelance work? And wow. so without me really having any intention behind it, I started a business on October 3rd of 2005. And that was over 18 years ago now. And I just haven't looked back. And so I I began just in that world with the context I had, the things I was doing and built it up through networking and and that sort of thing. And then how I became a time management coach if people are like wait you're in journalism like what's this ship that's like not the same (laughs) thing at all so what happened was again pretty much by quote-unquote accident though it's God's God's leading I was in my magazine journalism business but didn't have any sort of boundaries. I had fell into it. I didn't have any sense of like, when am I starting work? When am I stopping work? Am I working just during the week? Am I working on the weekends? And so I never was quite strict with myself about when I was working, but then I never felt like I could stop working. And I always had this sense of guilt, like even if it's 10 o'clock at night, like, should you answer business email or it's the weekends? Like, should I be doing work now? And after a few years of that, I just didn't feel successful. So even though I had all these great contracts and I was enjoying what I was doing, I was like, if I can't ever stop working without feeling guilty, like, this is not success to me. And so I started to figure out, okay, how do I set boundaries? How do I plan my time? How do I do things so I don't have to work at night or on the weekends? And really got myself much better structured where I could take time off at night, where I could take time off on the weekend and not feel guilty and not feel anxious. And my entrepreneur friends were like, this is amazing. We have successful businesses, but we're stressed out all the time. You should help other people. And again, it's funny because I didn't want to be a coach. Like I was super hesitant about it. Like coaching was I guess getting big at that time, this was 2009. And I was like, so many people have so much more experience than I do. And like, can I really have a place in the market? 
but I decided, you know what, I'll just give it a try. People want me to do this. And I really decided to also focus on a niche. So I was like, there's no way I can compete with executive coaches that are 20 years older than me. You know, right. I'm not going to try to be a business coach. I haven't been in business that long. Uh, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to be a time management coach. And so that's what I've done since 2009. So it's been wow. 14 years now and just continue to be laser sharp focused on doing this doing this well and trying to be the best in the world at that particular niche and it's it's worked well for me yeah oh, wow. very well and you've helped so many people it's been yeah. absolutely incredible Thank uh, and you. i and i have a little bit of an insight in there just because i'm one of them right? so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us about and i don't know which book came about first what i i, I don't know the sequence of your books so yeah, tell yeah. us about that really quick I'd be happy to. And, and if there's a backstory behind each one, just 30 seconds. I, I got a bunch more questions to ask you. Yeah, of course. Of course. So I, I'm, yeah, happy to share the backstory. So um, the first book is The Three Secrets to Effective Time Investment. And you'll you'll sense a theme that God often is like, I know something will be good for you and I don't want to do it, but then it ends up being good. So I was, again, I was very nervous about writing a book and trying to have a publisher. So that book did end up getting published by McGraw-Hill in 2012. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I had been a time management coach about three years and just really felt like it was put on my heart. I was supposed to work on it, but I was terrified of rejection. I was like, well, why are they going to publish my book or want to work with me? But right. I persisted and I uh, was so blessed and so grateful that I got a book agent who believed in me and what, what, again, what God did, I give him all glory. I actually, for that book, I'd written the proposal, I had an agent, and I actually thought I had been rejected by everyone and that that book wasn't going to get published. I, I had this conversation with my agent. But then after after he had that conversation with me, he was like, well, let me just follow up. And so he followed up with an editor at McGraw-Hill who had been out of the office and she said, oh, actually, I think I am interested. I, I want to learn more. The same time, God had it where an article that had been rejected by a different website was accepted by Harvard Business Review. It had been de delayed for months. It got published on the exact same week that the agent was thinking about taking my book as, as a book that she would publish and it went viral. It was like the top article mm -hmm. on Harvard Business Review and all over the place. And so, they gave me the book publishing contract and I published my first book. <laughs> but Yay! it was like, it was literally like this crazy thing where there's like so many delays oh and so much thing. rejection. And like, I thought it was going to work. And I was like, but I really felt like God wanted me to do this. And then it all came together. Um, so the three secrets to effective time investment is my first book, baby. And that is a comprehensive look at lasting behavioral change um, oh with your time management. And it's not so revolutionary now, but at the time, like one of the things that made that book really different when it came out in 2012 was I talked a lot about the emotional and mental part of time management. And oh, yeah. um, that was 11 years ago now. And so many people were only focusing on the left brain, like That's just do these things. Uh -huh. And they weren't thinking about like the guilt or the anxiety or the shame. And so um, so yeah, so that was that first book. My second book, How to Invest Your Time Like Money, was published by Harvard Business Review, and that was based off of a really popular blog post that I wrote with them. And the reason why you don't have a hard copy is that they actually only published it in ebook, so uh, oh, no, you're not missing anything. Yeah, and that is looking kind of at a deep dive of 
comparing your time investment to like financial investment and really looking at your time as like a portfolio and how can you get the best ROI. And then my third book, Divine Time Management, again, that was like very God prompted. And what happened there, and this might be interesting to people who have been entrepreneurs for a while, is I had been a time management coach, I think for about six, seven years at that point. And I was feeling like I was losing my spark. Like, I mean, I was doing well, things were fine, but like, you know, when you start to feel like listless, like, oh, am I just saying the same thing all the time? Does this really matter? That sort of thing. And so I was just trying to be open and seeking God, like, am I on the right track? Like, should I be doing something else? Like, should I completely abandon time management? And like, I always feel like you need to hold everything really loosely. And so I was just not quite sure what was right for me. And what I felt um, God telling me was, you need to be honest about how your life really works. And he said, yes, it's true that you do plan, you do prioritize, you do set expectations, you do set boundaries. But ultimately, how things really work is because I am working in your life. And that is really why it works. And so he just opened the door through divine time management to share more fully the picture of how my life flows and how it comes together and also encourage people to step into that. And so what I say is my first two books are helping type B people be more type A. Um, (laughs) My divine time management is helping type A people chill out. And so for me, that was like a much harder book to write because I'm type A. (laughs) So I, I like literally, literally just shed tears over that book. Just like repenting of ways where I felt that my heart was not in alignment with like God's heart in terms of like surrendering to him and not focusing on being in control of everything and all of that. So um, very different books, but all in my opinion, very good and helping people to just really live a fulfilling and rich life for themselves and obviously for their families. And here's what I, what I love about your approach, and, and you've touched on a lot of things here, but what I love about the approach is, is that this is not about like, how can I manage my time so I can climb some corporate ladder or something and hit some pinnacle of you know, success? It's about, well, how do I have fulfillment? How do I connect with loved ones? How do I connect with God? How do I, you know, and it's, it's really about becoming this amazing human and this amazing child of God and recognizing that we only have 24 hours in a day. So how are we going to use that and be wise stewards of that? And how are we going to effectively use that? And I just, I love that approach and it is so refreshing in the world because I deal with a lot of business people and a lot of business people have this, this phrase of do whatever it takes. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm sacrifice anything. I'm going to yeah. sacrifice anything and everything. And you are so, you're on the opposite end of that spectrum. <laughs> <Love> yeah. <it. laughs> and yeah. it's just, it's so powerful. It really is powerful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I guess I try to see myself as like the balance because there's, like you said, people that are like sacrifice everything, no pain, no gain. And then also right about the time I started out with time management coaching, that was when the four hour work week came out. with oh, yeah, yeah. So there's also the opposite of like, you shouldn't have to work at all or do anything. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm kind of like the realist in the center. <laughs> like <laughs> Most of us have to work more than four hours a week. And some people only have to, but like most of us do. So how can we not be totally stressed out and overwhelmed? but also like be responsible human beings. So there you go. <laughs> Perfect. It's a great explanation. Yes. I love it. 
So let's talk for just a minute about how this ties into family life. I mean, you're a new mom yeah. and you've coached like people like me that have big families and small families and everything you've seen, you've been in the, in the hearts and minds of just thousands of people. And so it'd be cool to see your perspective on what, what are some key principles that really make for happier families and stronger family relationships? I would be so delighted to share. <laughs> yes. You're right. Like I have, for many, many, many years, worked with people who have children and found my work to be extremely helpful. Um, one of the key reasons why a lot of people choose to work with me is they want more time with their family. Like they're feeling yeah. like the years are going by and they're missing moments um, with their kids or not able to connect with their spouse or any of those sorts of things. So like yeah. often it's relationship pain that brings mm -hmm. people into recognizing, wow, I need to do something different with my time management. Right. Um, so in terms of how this works with family life, there's, I think, a couple different ways to look at it. So one is you can't give someone what you do not have. Mm. And I, I heard, actually, I was in a small group and someone said this and they said, basically, like, for example, maybe you want to be really generous with money. Like you see someone either struggling or maybe there's a great cause that you believe in and you want to be want to be generous but if you're completely broke and in debt or have all having all these money issues like you can't give them what you don't have and right. the same is true with our time mm -hmm. and so i think as parents kind of in terms of being able to create an environment that's good for our children and good for our overall family we need to have time to give to our family yeah. and that means that self-management of our time and making sure that whatever we're doing for work or um what, whatever we need to do to have things in order in our home like we're taking care of that ourselves first yeah. and then from that outflow we will have time to give to others so like if your work is completely out of control you're having to work till midnight every night like you're not able to take care of your health you're not sleeping you're working on the weekends like you're just not going to be as great a member of your family and leader of your family as a husband or wife as you will be if you're if you have that in order and then you have the capacity both physically mentally and emotionally to give to those around you so yes. i really think you kind of need to start first with yourself and really look at where you're at but then secondly obviously time management is huge for creating a happy family life for everyone and that's a balance between routines and then planning um so in terms of routines and you you have a very large family so you guys are all about routines and got, got that all down but um basically for for families where maybe they don't have routines and they're wondering well do we really need them or why is it important um why it's important is that you can get so much done in so much less time when there's no questions about what's happening so yes. it's like if everyone knows like this is when we're getting up or this is when we're eating breakfast and this is like the flow of the day like this is when we go to school or this is when we start homeschooling or like this is when mom or dad goes to work out like whatever it is like if you have that established you eliminate millions of decisions that you need yeah. to make throughout the day. And you can also keep everyone on course and on track. Cause like everyone's like, oh, this is when we're eating breakfast or like this is when we're doing school. And it, it eliminates the, what are we doing now? I don't know. And like having to think about it, decide and communicate that out. So um, routines are critical. Hey there, it's Margie. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. 
Yeah, I hope you know that you can go to thehappyfamilyclub.com and see many other interviews and get a whole bunch of other resources, materials, free things, paid things, all kinds of stuff. There's an entire membership there where you get exclusive access to all of our best tools and resources. Our mission is to bring you the world's best resources and insights from the world's best experts so that you can have a happier family and have more joy. So go check it out, thehappyfamilyclub.com. Now, let's get back to the interview. And then also the planning on top of that helps you anticipate things so they're not stressful. And one thing I really encourage people to do with their spouse is to have some kind of weekly planning time Mm-hmm. We're talking about what's coming up over the next seven days. So yeah. that could be like who's driving which kids where. Um, <laughs> that could be like what food is getting eaten. That could be talking about, oh, there's this birthday party coming up. Like who's going and who's getting the gift and what's happening. But just thinking through things in advance can mean a whole lot of things are not stressful versus if it's the day of or the afternoon of, and you didn't realize you were supposed to pick up a kid from a soccer game, and then you have to, and then you have to reschedule something, or um, you're going to a birthday party and no one bought the present, like all of a sudden, all of these things that didn't need to be a big deal are a big deal. And Mm -hmm. so those kind of two elements, the routines and the planning are just so critical to fit family life. And then now with me being a mom and having a baby girl um, layered on top of that is just, the flexibility because <laughs> I have found that it's like yes I have routines yes I have plans and then Lila has her ideas around what's going to happen or not happen and and how things are going to go and so like you have to also have that like grace to really stay focused on like what matters and what's most important and recognizing like nope you're not going to get as much done as you would if you didn't have a little person here and that's okay like a big part of of the whole process is that you have enough enough order that you can have that flex for whatever happens or comes up throughout the day. Nice. Oh. Okay. I'm jotting down some notes and some questions. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Flexibility, planning, and routines. Oh my oh, goodness. Cool. Those are great so points. I have a couple of follow-up questions for, for you. Sure. <laughs> so one of the things that I have seen in myself and, and others is um, the, the transition moments. So even, in, even when there's routines, um, and like you talked about, like when you first got started as an entrepreneur, it was just all over the place, 10 o'clock yeah. at night, five in the morning. And, and, you know, the, these transition periods and being able to go from disconnecting from work and engaging with family and engaging with family and going to connect with God and maybe church responsibilities and then shift, you know, so, and I think a lot of times we consume a lot of time and energy in the transition. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder if you, what your insights are in terms of, how to get ourselves to more effectively move from these key priorities in our life because we all have we all have multiple things that mm-hmm. grab our attention yeah yeah absolutely so i think there's managing transitions on a macro level and then more like on a, a micro level so yeah. like on a macro level as i've discovered when you have children you're constantly in transition <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, like I have these beautiful little routines and then Lila's sleep schedule changes or like all of a sudden she can move and you're like, oh, I used to just put you there and you stayed <laughs> and now like up. you're like mobile. So, um, <laughs> so I would say, so there's macro and micro in terms of macro, what seems to work best for me 
is to really think about that during my weekly or monthly planning, like what's happening or what's coming up and what's the right thing for me now in this season. Like, so for example, um, prior to us having our daughter, there was just a lot of volunteer work I was doing, like up to 10 hours a week of like different things and different groups I was a part of that were really important to me. And I'm still part of some things, but I've had to way dial down like how involved I can be. So for me now, if I'm volunteering like an hour a week, I'm like, good job. Like you move the needle, you move something forward. <laughs> um, versus like before it would be like, oh, I could spend like most of a day on Saturday, like doing something that I just found personally fulfilling. And mm -hmm. so that is something where I think if you can stop and pause and mm -hmm. just really reassess and reflect what's most important now and what is God calling me to do now. And that helps you to intentionally let go of things if needed without guilt, like, oh, like I should be doing this or like I want to be doing this. Um, and also to add things if you feel that you need them, like even um, my husband and I at first, so prior to having our daughter, we always had like very much like a date night, like every Wednesday night and made sure to like also do fun things on the weekend. And then like when you first have a child, it's mass chaos, like the first yeah. few weeks, no matter how much you try to plan. Um, and so then we really had to work on like reestablishing like time together and like prioritizing each other. Um, so I would say at a macro level, just on that weekly and monthly basis, thinking about where you're at and what to do really, really helps. And then on the micro level of like, oh, okay, so I'm at work and now I'm with my kids or I'm with my kids and I'm going to church or what, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, for me, doing daily planning is extremely helpful. So just mm -hmm. having a sense of always knowing what's next. So yeah. like, for example, when my I end my work day today, like I know the next thing is I'm going to be with my daughter and, and I'll nurse her. And then like after that, it'll be like, okay, then I know after that I want to have playtime with her. And then after I have playtime with her, then like my husband will be with her and I'm going to take an opportunity to work out. And so having already thought through in advance what the next thing will be, I think really um, reduces that transition time versus if I finish work and I'm like, okay, what's next? Like you can <laughs> spend like 30 minutes to an hour just doing random stuff that don't oh, particularly yeah. matter to you versus mm -hmm. if you're like, okay, I know I'm doing this playtime with my daughter and then I know I'm working out like it actually can happen in a much more yeah. effective way. Um, and then in terms of the mindset and getting yeah. yourself um, maybe out of work mode, even if you've like physically transitioned, but like getting yourself mentally transitioned, I find if you can have a change of location, that really helps. And it doesn't oh. have to be dramatic. Like I work from home. I've done that since 2005. And I just have a room that's my office. And so when I leave that room, it's like, okay, I'm getting out of work mode and taking off my blazer and <laughs> um, being in mommy mode now, you know, like, so that like just physical transition tends to really help. And then for me also, I find having a bit of a wrap up routine to be very, oh. very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so what that looks like in my situation is I just review by inbox, like do a quick scan, make sure there's nothing really urgent that needed to be taken care of. Um, I will look over my plan for the day and see like, okay, is there anything that I didn't get done that truly is urgent and I need to take care of now or can it all wait until the next work day? Um, and just basically get things sorted out. And so I know mentally there's 
no, no open loops that I'm leaving or nothing important that I've forgotten. And I can have like closure on that. So then again, when I step out, I'm like, okay, I'm here, I'm mom, I'm just like doing these other things. And so I found those little things to be very helpful. So I don't have open loops and kind of anything running through the back of my head, like, oh, I should be doing this or or still thinking about it. Yeah. So I, I just want to say, so here, here's where I get to say thanks because uh, I have on my calendar, we, you and I set it up again, two and a half years ago, whatever it was yeah. at 3 PM, a, like a wrap 15 minute wrap up of my day. Yeah. And, uh, and I have not full confession. I not do it every single day, but the vast majority of the time a reminder kicks on. I'm like, all right, I'm going to transition from one thing to another. And here's the way to wrap up, close up loop ends. What needs to happen tomorrow, move things over to the next today list mm -hmm. and then be off and be able to focus with the family or whatever other responsibility stuff that I'm doing. So I, you guys listening to this, what Elizabeth is saying here is enormously powerful. It's really cool because you stop like, now. This is just me, maybe, but I stopped squirreling in my brain about the 20 million things I'm gonna do. I was like, it's somewhere, it's captured. I know I'm gonna come back to it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's loose ends are tied up, it's fine. Yeah, so, yeah. Really and powerful. It's, it's that mental piece because yeah. you can be transitioned from quote unquote being done with work, but your mind's still thinking about everything yeah, because, exactly. like you said, it isn't written down or like you haven't planned when it will happen, or you're not quite sure it was okay you didn't do it today. And so just like doing that is so helpful and if there is something let's say you didn't completely finish something but it's it's not a terrible issue for it to get done the next day you can even send a quick email to someone and say hey like i'm working on that item wanted to let you know it's on my radar i'll get back to you tomorrow with it completed mm -hmm. and it just like gives you that closure because without the closure then your mind like you said will keep squirreling or, or thinking about it <laughs> yeah thinking through stuff um, that, uh, that uh, increased communication is another thing you taught me that I picked up from our coaching, which was really powerful. It's like, oh, by the way, this is where I'm at. And I, I find that if I get behind in my communications with a client, with, you know, church responsibilities, with a family, um, then I, then I stew on it, it and it disrupts my peace and fulfillment at levels. Right. It's like, ugh. but it's like, oh, Hey, by the way, um, here it is, you know, we're on track to hit the deadline. We're not on track to hit the deadline. I'm gonna cover that tomorrow. We're gonna to do this, that, you know, all those kind of things. So that's been huge, huge, huge helpful for me. It's been very cool. Okay, I got another question for you. Yeah. So you've talked a lot, um, and this is not exactly about time management, but it is because I think it wraps up in a lot of stuff. But you've talked a lot about that divine process and, you know, praying and seeking guidance. Um, I think that a lot of people sort of struggle with that, you know, with that either concept or with the, how to actually do that. And you do it so naturally. I, I, I just, I would love to hear your thoughts on what that process looks like for you if it's not too personal in yeah, terms yeah. of seeking divine guidance. How do those answers come? And then how do you, how do you take that and then turn it into actual implementation in your life? I think those are, three different steps in the process that I think sometimes people stumble on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would be so happy to share. Um, so I would say the first thing is that, and why quote unquote, maybe it seems so natural, is it's just been cultivated as a lifestyle over time. So since I've been a Christian as long as I can remember, um, yeah. like I, I think I know I accepted Jesus when I was like seven, but mm -hmm. like, 
maybe younger than that, but it, it's just like always been part of our family life, like growing yeah. up and, and, and just integrated into it. So, um, and then starting at about the age of 11, I began to read my Bible and do prayer journaling each morning. And so mm. that's just been like a habit that's been cultivated over 30 years of just like a daily devotion to showing up and being present. And so, um, so prayer, prayer journaling. So I'm going to, I'm going to poke here. This sound, yeah. I love so does yeah. this look like, you know, praying and then writing thoughts down, reading scriptures and writing thoughts yeah. down? What, is, what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So prayer journaling, what it's looked like for me has been basically like a letter to God. I don't know how to say other than that. Like, dear God, blah, blah, blah. Like, so whatever I'm like thinking about, like I'm worried about this or this is what's going on or I'm thinking about that. And just like writing out my thoughts and Love concerns. It. So it's it's like journaling, but not just thinking, you know, I'm writing this on paper, but thinking I'm writing this to someone, you know, who right. loves me, who knows me, who can do something about this. Um, right. And so, yeah, so prayer journaling has been part of my life. And then obviously prayer and bringing things before God. And oh, right. um, so that's kind of just the basis. And why I found that to be such just a helpful element of my life is that it's this daily reminder and check of having God's perspective on things, recognizing there is a God, recognizing he can handle things. And with going to scripture, it's having the mind of Christ. And so like, for example, especially with being a mom, it's been very interesting. I, I did not have any sort of postpartum depression, which I'm so grateful for, but I experienced like postpartum anxiety in the sense of like, I love, I love my daughter so so much, <laughs> like so much Yeah. that like the idea of anything bad happening to her ever in her entire life is like horrifying to me. Yes. And so then like you hear about like anything happening to any child in the entire world and you're like, oh my gosh, like I don't want that to happen to my daughter, you know? And so, um, so like I think I already loved children, but I think I've become hypersensitive towards like anything I perceive as like ill towards children and yeah. um and so for me like i would say one of my theme chapters has been psalm 37 where it just talks about like don't fret because of evil people don't fret because of those who prosper in their way like because like the grass they're gonna wither and fade away and just like it's like trust the lord and do good dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness delight yourself in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart and so the first way we hear god is through that cultivation of the daily process of reading scripture, because we recognize like, we're not supposed to fret. We're not supposed to worry. Like this is how God sees the world. This is his role. And that helps you to have like the correct mindset. And then when it comes to like, just really hearing God's voice about any particular thing going on in your life, um, for me, like the prayer journaling is really helpful or I find going on walks and just mm -hmm. like allowing myself to just be away from technology and all of that and just let myself hear God's voice. I also find I hear God well in the car just when I'm driving um, and just like asking God, like, what do you think about things? Like, what does this look like? And they're all opportunities for me to get peaceful, get clear. And uh, everyone's different in terms of how they hear God. But for me, um, when I'm trying to discern something, it will sometimes be like a phrase, like, like I'll just hear God say a phrase to me, like I'm taking care of this or I've got this, or like um, I had a situation where I was like 
not quite sure about something for my daughter. And I was like, oh, is this like healthcare provider, someone good for us to go to or not? And I just really felt like God saying, just trust yourself. Like, you know, yeah. like if you're feeling uncertain, do you don't need to go to the self-care provider. You know, you can go somewhere else. And so so I will sometimes hear simple phrases. And then another way where I feel that I like hear God's voice or know what's right for me is just the sense of peace. So yeah. like if it's like so in in this situation where I was seeking out some health care for my daughter, when I made the decision, I was like, you know, something in my gut just isn't feeling good about this particular provider. And then I chose not to go back. I just had peace about it. I wasn't like doubting. I was like, oh, maybe we should go. Maybe we shouldn't. It's like, no, like God can provide someone that can take care of her needs that I feel completely comfortable oh, with yeah. what's yeah. happening here. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's that's kind of like how I hear. And then in terms of how I walk it out, if God tells me something, I do try to write it down to just like remind me like, oh, this is what God said. Like, this is what's there. And then take those steps of faith. So um, in the situation with my daughter, I uh, just chose not to go to this healthcare provider. Like we actually had a, a follow-up appointment already scheduled. We had our initial one and then another one. And I just contacted them. I was like, thank you so much for all your help. Like we're looking into some different options. Please release the appointment. And then we just moved on from there. And you know, maybe that yeah. made them feel awkward or whatever, but it's like, it doesn't matter if God's telling me this person, isn't an okay person for my child to be cared by, then that's my responsibility to follow the Lord in that. Um, and then in regards to um, other things, like even the mindset around having peace about things and not, yeah. not being anxious. And like so often God will bring me to scripture. And um, in Matthew, it talks about, don't worry about tomorrow because today's worries are enough for today. Yeah. And so, in terms of walking that out, God will give me that scripture, write it down. And then if I notice my mind going towards like, oh my gosh, what if something terrible happens to our country? And like, my daughter has a horrible like place to live, you know, we don't even have electricity because they're, they're like, you know, banning the use of like gas or oil or something, you know, like that. Like, it's like, um, I, I just have to be like, you know what? God said, no, I'm just supposed to focus on this right now i'm just focused, yeah. supposed to focus on today not worry about the future and then i just turn my mind towards like worship music or mm -hmm. um towards gratitude for what god is doing and just choose to like redirect my mind towards what god is saying and then that brings the peace and so yeah. long story short how i hear god is daily time in scripture would I have something to discern, giving it extra space where I'm like walking or um, driving or just in a place where I can have more mental clarity. And then whatever he says, then it's my responsibility to walk that out. Like if he tells me, don't be anxious about tomorrow because today's worries are enough for today. But I keep saying, but like, oh my gosh, but like the electric grid can't handle things. Like, <laughs> ah, you know, like, I'm in disobedience. Like he said, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. And so um, I then have the responsibility to discipline my mind, heart, and spirit towards what God is saying, not towards what I think may be a concern either now or in the future. So uh, there you go. Okay. So that's wow. such incredibly powerful. And, and here's what I love about this is that a lot of people, when it comes to time management or success or doing you know, confusion is the enemy to action. It, it just really is. And when we're confused and we're full of doubts and concerns, we tend to freeze and start to analyze everything and chew on stuff. 
<clears throat> and you know the process you're talking about where you're able to have that direction have that insight brings with it not only peace and i'm putting words in your mouth here but i would also say enormous amount of confidence it's like oh actually i can turn my mind away from the crazy electric get and grass and blah 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 because i'm confident that i i've got direction on this and i can just focus on the now right yeah yeah go ahead oh and i was just gonna say it it doesn't rob us of the good we could do and yes. so that's where i think like with this time management mental space divine time management thing comes together is when we're anxious and concerned about things we can't actually control or do anything good about we're robbed of the good we could be doing in the world yes. and mm -hmm. so like that's the real loss like you think right. you're somehow doing something good about being worried about this but you can't do the good you can because you're so distracted from oh right here right now my child needs this love and support and i could be playing with them or doing something right. good for my business or whatever that is because you're so worried right. about something that may or may not happen in the future that you can't do anything about so. totally totally <laughs> And, and I would say the same thing is true. Um, you know, we live in a super distracting world mm -hmm. and you, you know, you've got the news and you've got this endless stream of social media and what are the Joneses doing? And you, you know, it's like this constant bombardment of information. And I think a lot of people, and, and, and by the way, they create that information intentionally for addiction factors. I'm not, I'm not being conspiracy theorists, but it's like, they they make money by people being on their platform so how do you keep people on the platform can we get people addicted to being on the platform right yep exactly and and i think that um you know what happens is, is we we have these massive opportunity costs and we give up so much because our mind is focused in these other areas and the process that you're talking about here elizabeth is a fundamental foundational way for us to sort of pull the ship all right get in line with God, in line with our priorities and where we should be at, and not lose all those opportunity costs. And, and we can spend, when we're with family, when we're with business, when we're with you know, the things that are important to us, we can be there fully present, present. And, and, have, and, and allow God's influence to work through us and allow our influence to bless other people and yeah. to bring value to them. It's just incredible. Yeah. You know, really well, really tying this back into having a happy family a couple of things there one is your children's minds especially when they're babies like throughout their life but especially babies um they they have something called mirror neurons mm. and so how their your children's brains are formatted almost like the programming is based on what they see happening in your brain um it gets formatted similarly and yeah. so if your brain is formatted towards like anxiety and fear and like distraction by all these things you're literally developing that program in your own children's brain yeah. versus if your brain is formatted towards like focus and peace and like trust in god then you can be developing that mental model in their brain so that they have the resilience they need you know both when they're with you but also in the future um and then secondly like god even was speaking to me about this this week because i i had that like you know postpartum anxiety come up of like <laughs> oh my gosh what if something you know these bad things are happening in the world and what if it ever impacted my daughter and I just really felt the Lord saying, he's like, there will always be bad things happening in the world. 
you know, until we get to heaven. Like there's always somewhere, some, someone somewhere in the world where something bad is happening to them. But does no, that mean you need to be anxious and not enjoy what you have? Like that you have a roof over your head and you have heat and you have electricity and like nothing bad is happening to your daughter in any way at all right now. And I just really was like, wow, you know, I have to be so careful to not allow my joy in my family and my wonderful husband and my beautiful daughter to be robbed from me by concern about people and things that are outside my control and where I do have the ability to make a positive impact. I do like, you know, I still volunteer and I do give to good causes and like I try to do the positive things in the world that I can, but, but it's a huge disservice to our families when we allow anxiety about things outside of our families to keep us from just savoring and enjoying the good of, of them right in front of us right here, right now. Totally. Oh, amen. I love that. It's such a powerful point because one thing that we've learned, uh, um, which is mind blowing to me is, you know, our oldest just turns 26 and um, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that I'm that old and that, (laughs) that, you know, that 28 years of marriage have gone almost 29 has gone by between Margie and I. And it's like, it was just so fast. And I think, but I think back about how precious each of the individual moments are Mm -hmm. and how they accumulate to to what we have today. And I just don't think that we, I I don't think that we understand the unintended consequences of losing the fulfillment, the peace and the joy of the moment in our family. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because because the time will compound that either for good or for ill, you know, and, and it's just, it's so so important. So time management plays an incredibly critical role. Again, from the emotional standpoint, not the the logistical side is important, but the emotional side, what we give yeah. up or get, mm-hmm. what, like what you're talking about, is so powerful, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Thank you. Yeah, and the one other thing I would put in there because we're talking about time management and healthy families is it really yeah. is okay to take care of yourself. Um, yeah. And so, like, I. I, I totally understand I have only one child and some, some people such as yourself have many more than I do. But even in that, like no matter how many children God blesses us with, we got to take care of ourselves. And okay. so, for example, I'm a swimmer and that's something that brings me a lot of joy and helps me feel healthy and not be like have any sort of back pain or anything like that. And I was allowed to swim again starting six weeks after I gave birth. And so I did. Um, And my husband and I just worked out like three days a week when we have designated times where I can go swimming and he's he's in charge of our baby girl. And just having that routine was so helpful because otherwise it's like I could go in a way anytime but then it's not my time. And then you kind of have that like mom guilt. Should I be going? Should I not be going? I don't know. And sometimes my daughter cried because like she's used to spending more time with me than with her dad, than with my husband. And so like I would sometimes come home from swimming and realize she had cried a lot while I was gone. And then again, you kind of have that mental thing of like, am I bad mom? Well, it's like, hey, wait a second. Like it is literally four and a half hours, like three, one and a half hour blocks out of the entire week when you're doing the swimming. This helps you be mentally, physically and emotionally healthier to do this like you need this and even if she cries some during this time like she's with people that love her she is safe she is fine she is fed uh you can do that and so i just include that to you because part of having a happy family is us being happy yes. and when you don't 
give yourself permission to do the things that you need to with, within proper context, of course, to take care of yourself, you can end up quite miserable. And then you think like, oh, I'm doing this for my family, but like actually they're like, please go take care of yourself. So that I think is a big part of time management too, just like having that structure and routine so that like there's things I need and my husband is wonderfully supportive to help me have that and vice versa things he needs and I'm like you know what I can't necessarily go out and do this thing but like ask one of your friends if they can go to a hockey game with you or something else so like he can still do the things that he loves and wants to do even when I need to be home with our baby so um, that I think has been so helpful and it's really made it so that I have a lot of joy in being a mom versus I think if I didn't give myself kind of those small pockets of time to take care of myself that I would feel like the strain of it a lot more in terms of my life. I love it. So, I love yeah. it. Well, um, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up for today. Um, yeah. Although, you know, we could probably talk about a lot of other stuff. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for your time. And I, um, I just wonder if you could share with us one last thing. And that is, I, I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people who are frazzled and frustrated and not quite sure if they're on the path God wants them to be and worrying about time management, letting, you know, all this stuff we've talked about kind of rob precious moments. And so how do we, how do we direct them deeper into your world? What's a, what's yeah. a good entry point for them to just discover more about time management and, and get deeper on the principles we talked about today? Absolutely. So if you go to my website, which is reallifee.com, that's R-E-A-L, L-I-F-E, and then another E is in Elizabeth.com, um, you can find lots of resources. So I have a quiz on what's your time management blind spot. You can find out about my three books. There's hundreds and hundreds of articles that I've written over the years, maybe thousands <laughs> that you can check out, um, as well as find out about one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I do work with clients all over the world and really figuring out what's aligned, what are their priorities, what do they want for themselves, for their family, for their for their business or their job, whatever that looks like, um, and really helping them live that out. So um, reallifeview.com is the best way to find me. Awesome. So and the the one-on-one -on -one coach, I mean, Elizabeth and I worked together, guys, when I was at a crossroads and making decisions about transitioning to new business and there was a bunch of stuff in the church that was going on and you maybe remember some or you deal with a lot of people but yeah, there was yeah. stuff happening in the family life and you know there's like there's all this stuff going on and this is crossroads and it was incredibly helpful to me to have that one-on-one -on -one experience with elizabeth so if that's um you know if that's where you're at all of our other resources again i've read the books and the articles and they're all fabulous mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need a coach to help you through stuff and so if you're in that spot um, I cannot recommend Elizabeth mm -hmm. high enough. She's really ex extremely, extremely good at what she does for, you know, making kind of those decisions and understanding better how to manage your time and all the stuff we've talked about today. So Elizabeth, thank you so much thank for you. spending time with us today. Again, we know you have your routines and, uh, oh, you know, as the airlines say, we know you have, we know you have choices. Thanks for flying with us today. Right? So, <laughs> My delight. So happy to be here. All right. Thank and uh, enjoy time with that sweet, precious baby, Lila Rose. Uh, she's just, mm -hmm. it's wonderful. So thanks again for your time. And we really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Take, take care. care. Bye now. Bye.